This week, we continue the question, what good is censorship, and why do we need it? As a recap, we've been covering censorship in books. The blocking, mostly done by concerned parents, of books in schools and public libraries are done as a way not to prevent ideas from spreading, but to guide children in the right way to learn about mature topics. Now, I use the word right loosely, because everyone has a different idea of the right way to raise children. Just recently, I saw this firsthand. On my family's Thanksgiving dinner, all of the mothers in the family made comments on how or how not to change diapers, feed a baby, and hold them, and other things. Some agreed, and others had other tactics, and each of them thought that they were right. There were all different ways to do the exact same thing. And that translates into all kinds of things, including educating a child on mature content. It makes sense that parents are the primary authority in that. I mean, it's their kids, so they should choose what their child does and does not see. But like I said earlier, everyone has a different opinion on right and wrong. So what's stopping them from making a copy of their own beliefs by limiting what their child sees? It's possible that an un unintended consequence could come from that action, however well-intentioned it was. That consequence is bias. I watched a video recently that defined bias as, quote, a predisposition that distorts your ability to fairly weigh the evidence and prevents you from reaching a fair or accurate judgment, unquote. If someone is never exposed to one side of an argument due to the censorship of said argument, that creates a bias. And that's not only in a parent-child scenario. Censorship is practiced in all types of media. An example might be certain songs being banned from the radio because of vulgar language or mature themes. But sometimes it's a different reason that the public may not even know that they are the biggest reason in. Music industries might refuse to produce a song in order to appeal to a certain audience. According to Source F, quote, Columbia Records thought its customers were still, quote unquote, weren't ready for interracial love songs, unquote. When discussing the banning of Irma Jackson, a song released in the 60s about an interracial couple, Columbia Records were not for it. Businesses do this because they want to make a profit. I mean, hello, they're a business. They seek to have cash practically exploding out of their pockets. Because of this, they want to appeal to the majority of the public. And oftentimes, this can mean avoiding changes in culture that are still fresh. This is a great marketing technique, but it has some downsides. Source G sa says, quote, social change is uncomfortable. And here in the United States, we have a tradition of not distinguishing the difference between discomfort and danger, unquote. This means that people will ban something because it makes them uncomfortable, and they misunderstand that as a threat, ruining the purpose of educated censorship. Now, what does this have to do with bias? People have biases, that's just a fact. But how does it affect censorship? Have you ever tried to have a controversial debate and the other party disagrees with you? What happens? It gets a bit tense, right? So tense you just want to block it out and ignore the difference. That's how bias can affect what is and is not censored. Disagreements make people uncomfortable, so they want to avoid it. Censorship of one topic can lead to bias on that topic, and if and if it is passed down to children with the false interpretation of protecting them. And that doesn't seem right. 